Welcome to Smart Branding, a podcast dedicated to branding, naming, and domain names. I'm Tatiana Bono, and with my guests, we try to help you create and grow strong, memorable, and meaningful brands online. I believe time is one of our most precious assets, and so I want to thank you in advance if you decide to spend the next 30 minutes with us. I promise to do my best to make those worth it. Let's go! Our guest today is Victoria Landa, founder and CEO of a corporate language training center that she's been running for the past seven years. Victoria is also the creator of an online digital course called Online Business in a Day, um, where she shows coaches how to quickly and easily build a website in just a few hours. Hello, and thank you for making the time, Victoria. Hello, thank you so much for having me here. You're very welcome. Let's start with a bit of background. Tell me a little bit about uh, yourself and and those two businesses that we just mentioned. Sure. So I've got, um, I think I've got quite a diverse background. Um, I'm someone who lets opportunity lead my way. So I actually have a background in finance. Um, I studied at the University of Toronto in Canada. And when I graduated, I think like a lot of people, I was like, what the heck do I do with this degree? (laughs) So um, (laughs) I, you know, I kind of started looking for the real jobs um, and I happened to be on Craigslist. I don't know what I was doing there. And there was an advertisement looking for English instructors in Japan. And I said, "Hmm, why not? So I've, you know, I did the essay um, that we had to do. I guess they were checking for our English skills and submitted it, got an interview within a week. And within a month and a half, I was in Osaka teaching English in Japan. And I stayed there for about a year and a half. Um, And then, you know, I said, okay, it's enough. It's time to time to go home, time to start looking for a real job. Um, (laughs) And came back, met my husband on vacation, kind of classic story. (laughs) And he's Belgian. So I decided to move to Belgium. Um, so I moved to Belgium and, um, and I ended up getting really by chance a job related to my sector. So it was for a chemical company in customer service. Then I moved into, into sales. Um, and it was a wonderful job, beautiful company. It was a multi-billion dollar company, um, amazing team, great managers. I had a car, I had an expense account, like really great, great position, But I always knew that I wanted to start my own business. This was not even a doubt. I just didn't know what, because I didn't consider myself particularly talented or a genius in something. I wasn't an inventor. So I said, what what kind of business do I create? And what I learned many years after, you don't have to have a very novel or unique idea. You don't have to recreate the wheel every time you start a business. You can just take something that already exists and make it your own. And I happened to be speaking to a friend who had been taking some language lessons. They were subsidized by his company. And um, I asked him kind of, what they were like. And, and he told me that the teacher would come in, they would have a list of vocabulary. That lesson, they were talking about the different types of trees that you could find in a garden. And I said, what the, what is this? <laughs> like, I can do so much better than this. I could teach you business English. And it's <laughs> actually going to you know move you forward. Mm. And uh, that day I was like, okay, I'm going to create a company. And at that time, I didn't know anything about niching down or strategy, but I had kind of naturally found a niche. And I decided very Early, very early on that we were going to address only corporate, so 
core companies. We were only going to work with companies mm-hmm. and, um, and it was going to be pertinent and it was going to be not like how you learned languages in schools. It was going to be a lot of role play and so on. And I started. And, um, and so I've been running that for, it's going to, it's almost eight years now, or um, I think it's almost eight years since I really came up with the idea and, um, and got my first client, uh, took that cash invested it directly into ads. Um, from the very first moment, I did not teach myself. So that was very important for me because I didn't identify as a teacher. I identified as a business owner, as a project manager. So even when I had just two hours of teaching a week, I was already working with an amazing um, instructor from Australia, Richard, who I'd met. And, uh, and then it just started snowballing from there. And I was obsessed with quality. I was obsessed with the, the type of lessons that we were giving. And even now, eight years later, we still call each client after every lesson, the first, first lesson that they have to see how it was, to make sure that it was, you know, according to their satisfaction Mm. and so on. Um, and so I did that and I was running, I've got a great team, but I realized at a certain point that I acquired a lot of skills in the process. Notably, marketing, marketing, tech skills, web design, automation, and I was really good at it. And when I started, I I was always like, you know, like the kid with looking at the screen, um, at the window with all the candy and I didn't have any money. And I like was drooling because I wanted all that candy. That's kind of how I was in the beginning when I wanted to create this professional website. And I remember there was a company here in Belgium and I love their stuff. They, these guys are genius. They're, they're geniuses, but they're creating really their art, you know, their websites are art. And I, I remember calling them one day, just kind of saying, oh, by the way, how much would a website cost um, if I was to come <laughs> and get ours done with you? And they quoted me at least 15 grand. So at least 15,000 mm-hmm. euro. And I was like, cry because <laughs> I said, I really want this website. <laughs> Um, and this was really in the beginning stages. And of course, I didn't invest 15, at least 15 grand in that website and, and then went on to design my own, thought that it wasn't nice, designed another one, thought it was a nice, hired someone, didn't like it, designed my own, hired someone else, didn't like it. And so I went, you know, on this back and forth stuff. And in the end, I just ended up learning how to do it, how to do it, where I needed to spend money, where I didn't need to spend money. And this kind of went into all of the areas. Um, This went into the email automation side. So I remember when I started paying a consultant 80 euro per hour to show me how to build a basic automation. Um, And then I said, screw this. I'm going to learn how to do this on my own. So I did. (laughs) And, um, and so kind of as I was growing LV linguistics, not wanting to hire out, not being really happy when I did, I just kind of learned how to do all these processes on my own. And then I would start speaking with consultants or coaches, people who would want to start their own businesses as well. And I found them also frustrated and thinking that it was such an overwhelming thing, starting a business. Oh my gosh. And they need a website and they need my email service provider. And how do I do my customer satisfaction forms? Like all these things. And I said, you know what? The stuff, it's actually not that hard. You just need a process. Um, There's step one, step two, there are certain tools that after, um, almost eight years, I've discovered are for me, the optimal ones. And once you know all that stuff, it's actually really easy. The hard part, in my opinion, is not even getting the 
you know, it's um, so the the hard part, in my opinion, is getting the audience. It's mm. it's building your credibility. It's getting yourself known, getting the traffic, um, and then focusing on the conversions. That for me is the business part. The getting your website up, getting your email automation set up. That's that you just kind of need to know how to do it. You do it, it's out. And then for me, the bulk of your time is, um, you know, on your social media presence, on your on your ads, if that's the, the way that you want to go, um, creating relationships, networking, podcasts, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And so I wanted to put that mm. out there. Um, and so now it's my second baby. Um, and it's, uh, it's just finished its beta stage. So we've got, we had some beta testers for the course. They're all raving fans. Fans now, which is wonderful. And then we're going to officially launch in January. So yeah. Cool. Oh, so you officially haven't even launched yet. We haven't launched. So I am very, um, I need to make sure that everything works, um, that the results, I I don't want to, I've, I've always been very big into credibility. I'm never going to go into the market and say, this is what I offer. And these are the miraculous, miraculous transformations that we can propose Mm. and then have it fall, you know, fall down, fall short. Um, I do believe that you need to go ahead, even if it's not perfect, but it has to be in a calculated way. And that's why I started with the beta. So I had our beta students. We were very open. Well, I was, you know, I'm saying we, because LV Linguistics, I'm used to the team mm. in online business today is just me. Um, so I was very open. I said, that we're, this is still in beta stage. There might be kinks to work out, but be aware. They were aware. They gave me a lot of great feedback. So I had a very nice connection with all of the students. They gave me feedback on this was, this lesson was a little bit too fast, or maybe it would be nice to add this section mm. and so on. And so after after passing the beta stage now, I'm like, it's ready. It's ready. It can help people. Um, you sign up within a few hours, you've got your website done. So yeah. Mm, wonderful. Mm-hmm. That very, very cool. Um, and I love the way that, yeah, like you said, I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs um, struggle with that feeling of, yeah, but what, what do I do? And there's so many people doing it and maybe somebody's doing it better. And, mm-hmm. and as you just said, it's, I mean, just, like you took your own personal struggle and basically turned it into a solution that can help other people that were exactly where you were some time ago. Yeah. There's one thing that if if I was to give one piece of advice to somebody starting out, it's never look at the competition. And there is going to be someone who's doing the same thing as you. There might even be someone who's doing it better. It doesn't matter. There is a market for everybody. It's all about being in the right place in front of the right person at the right time with the right message. Simple as that. And ultimately Mm -hmm. with a good product. But I remember when I started out, there was a huge, in, in LV Linguistics, there was a huge monster of a company. And they had been around since the 1800s and they were present in every country in the world and everybody knew who they were. And I thought, oh my gosh, how can I possibly compete with them? And I did feel a little bit of inadequacy when I started, Mm. but I stopped. I stopped looking at them. I stopped looking at anybody. And this kind of defies what everybody in business school is going to teach you. This is going to defy what all the marketing, because I've done a lot of marketing trainings as well. And everybody says, check out what your Mm. competitors are doing, model it, learn from that. And I am like, nope, get rid of this module. (laughs) I don't care. 
I couldn't care less. I was obsessively focusing on my customer. If I added a product, if I, you know, changed something, it wasn't because my competitors were changing. It was because I heard from my customers that that would help them. And Mm. so actually this big, huge company that I was talking about, they went bankrupt this year. So yeah, so I was, I I was like, I mean, great because now there's more market share. Well, (laughs) I, I can get more customers and I, I am seeing the influx of, of that, but um, I, it just kind of was a validation. Like, yep. Yeah, who cares what anybody is doing? You focus on you, you focus on your customers hundred percent. And that's going to just drive, mm. it's going to propel you forward. Mm. Yeah. And, and definitely you can see that uh, with, uh, I think with huge companies that they lose that touch with the customer. And I do have those conversations or that point comes up oftentimes of, uh, regarding different things, but it comes down to the same thing that uh, a lot of, like we talk about on automation and social media and different metrics. And so, so many people like lose their head over, you know, whatever many views and whatever many followers and uh, whatever algorithm to please with how to write. And at some point, like it, it's, yeah, but what about the real people that you're serving? You know, what do they think? What do they say? And, and I mean, where, where does that come into play? Yeah. Absolutely. It's, um, you don't have a business without the people that are buying your product. Simple as that. And, (laughs) and, and if you, you know, a lot of, a lot of inventors, a lot of course creators, a lot of business owners, you get stuck in your bubble. Um, and you think that you are creating something miraculous, fantastic. And you spend years even developing it and then you put it in the market. No one, no one buys it because, um, you're simply, you got to get your ego out of it. You're not creating anything for you. You're creating something for others. Um, And once you get your ego out of the way and realize, you know, take, take all the feedback, first of all, go and ask for feedback because that's something that Mm. not a lot of people are doing. You have to be obsessed with asking for feedback. Um, You know, when with the beta students, I'm literally glued to them. I am, I'm at their beck and call, which is obviously not something that is going to, this is not how we're going to move forward with the digital course, but for the beta students, anytime they had a question, I was there. They had access to my messenger. They had access to my WhatsApp, uh, my email, because I, I wanted that. I needed to understand where they were struggling, where things took longer than they needed to take, um, any questions that they had. And I, and I think maybe naturally you would take this as maybe criticism or, or think like, oh, I didn't do a good job or, but you you have to get out of that mindset and you have to be like, thank you. Thank you for this feedback Mm, because now I can, I can go add another video. I can cut this part out. Good. It's garbage. I thought it was good. That was my hypothesis. It's not. It's not needed. Let's get rid of it. Let's keep it simpler. Um, and and so once you start looking at things kind of less emotionally and just focus on what does my customer need? What's their ultimate goal? What's going to make them happy? Get to their results faster. How can I transform that into my product? You cannot lose. I, I'm convinced you cannot lose. Mm, I, I love that you mentioned to get your ego out of that. And it's something... Um, it's funny that a lot of things that actually work come 
down to very, very basic things that we've even like, uh, it, it kind of clicked in my head, as you said it, because I'm reminding that often to my kids when I'm telling them they've done something wrong and they have that initial reaction always of like, yeah, but, and this and that, and it was not my fault and this. And I'm like, be happy if it's your fault. Be happy one that, you know, you have me, for example, now or another adult to tell you mm-hmm. without any, you know, horrible consequences. And two, if you're wrong, you can change it. Like exactly. you should be happy when it's you. Yeah. Be, be happy that there's absolutely that you're getting this feedback because otherwise you you mm. go in ignorance into a wall. Um, yeah. You know, be, be grateful for, for, I mean, there are going to be people on the way who are going to give you useless feedback, you know, just to sure. push you down. And I think, you know, with wisdom and with time, you understand what do I pay attention to and what I don't mm. pay attention to. Because I remember when I was starting, um, with LV Linguistics, I used to have people tell me, oh, well, is this really a good market? There's so much competition, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I don't care. I have customers. I'm going to get customers. And I did. It didn't matter that there was competition. Mm. So if I had listened to them, I would have not gone into this market. Um, it's like telling a, a pizza shop person not to open another <laughs> pizza shop yeah. because there are thousands in the city. It's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's this this pizza is different. That maybe the, maybe your customers like you. Maybe you, they like the the style of your of your pizza shop. Mm. Whatever it may be, there are so many elements. Um, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about naming uh, both your businesses and. Uh, yeah, I mean, why LV Linguistics? That's one. And the other one, I quite like the fact that you go to like literally the phrase, like you don't need to explain mm-hmm. it, online business in a day.com. Done. Yeah, so that the second was obviously with, with experience. <laughs> so <laughs> the first one, um, I when I was naming my company, you know, it's your first company. So you look at mm. things more emotionally and everything has to mean something. And I remember thinking, okay, what do I, I wanted to represent power and freedom because that's what starting Mm. my first company meant to me. And I was looking at birds. Like I always, birds always for me symbolize that kind of, you know, Mm. force and strength and and freedom. And I was looking at names like Concord or Eagle or things like this. (laughs) And I was just brainstorming for weeks and weeks. And finally I just got fed up and I said, okay, land of Victoria linguistics, <laughs> literally that's what it was. <laughs> LV linguistics. And I named it after myself and, uh, and I just forgot about it and, um, nobody can pronounce it. Eight years later, people have <laughs> a very difficult time pronouncing LV linguistics, uh, but they've got, they've come to know me. They kind of I think after eight years of seeing our brand, they do sort of know what who we are without being able to say the name. So it worked out. It's okay. Um, but it definitely was not the best choice. So I would have definitely, if I were to go back right now, I would have picked something easier, something that rolls off the tongue, something that is short, something that people could just type in uh, without a chance of making a spelling mistake. Yeah, I should have picked an easy name, but I didn't. It's <laughs> not the end of the world. I still have a business that's going, that's running. Um, mm. But yeah, definitely pick something easy. And and then with my second one, I wanted it to be exactly what it is. So 
I wanted it to have the the hook. The hook was very important for me. And for the second business, it was online business in a day. Like that's a pretty big thing. Um, And this this business is going to develop. So I'm going to be doing it in stages. For now, it's just the web part, but it's going to transition into the email automation um, and then setting up social media. So it has a you know huge growth mm. potential here. And theoretically, you could get all of those pieces in place in just a day. So I wanted to really, um, I wanted that to come across. Online business in a day is easy to say. It's easy to type. No one's going to make any spelling mistakes when they type it into uh, into the browser. Mm. And it shows exactly what it is. And it's also easy to create an acronym. So now when I communicate with the students, uh, and let's say I send emails, I write Victoria from OBD. So online Mm -hmm. business in a day. So Mm -hmm. when I went into the naming of my second project, it was more from a practical perspective, a marketing perspective. um, And I took out the emotion, let's say, out of it. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a very cool point that you mentioned with um, the first business that you are aware it was not the perfect name, but it worked out. And that's something um, I, I think I feel is uh, very very important that to to be aware because we we do I do talk to um, business owners oftentimes where they're either in some kind of denial or they go yeah but you know I know it's not perfect but uh, they're all right my users are all right I'm like have have you asked them <laughs> you know and it's it's very important to just think about it. I feel to think about it, to think about um, what does it cost you? Like in your case, you're aware it wasn't perfect, but it works. And, you know, it makes sense and people got used to it. So compared to changing it all completely now and, you know, going for a complete rebrand, it does not make sense to you. But like if you you were uh, not a consultancy business, I don't know, if you were selling some type of items like gazillions a day and people have to reach you and you have to advertise and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera etc that's a whole different story so it's important for people to think about that yeah absolutely it 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 depends on who your target client is if we were Mm. so we're in b2b and a lot of what comes in comes in via google search so they're not typing in our company name um, a lot of comes a lot of it comes in from referrals so in that case that whatever the name is it doesn't matter there our clients will recommend us send the link they'll click mm. they'll click and they'll contact us um, a lot of it comes from my own network um, because we're dealing with b2b big accounts it's not like you know mm. selling a million products at a dollar or it, it's not a high volume type of business we work with big mm-hmm. accounts big corporate accounts and so the the being present and people needing to type our URL very quickly and being able to pass our name along to one another, it's not as critical. But if that were the case, if we transitioned into a B2C type of environment where volume was really bigger, we had some sort of a software, I definitely would do some sort of rebranding. Maybe not rebranding, actually. I would probably just create a second a second brand. Um, mm. something that was easy, easy to pass something quick, um, and, and easy to remember. So it, it depends on, on, on who you're serving and, and what your, how your business functions actually. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And so let's talk a bit more about business in a day, since you said you've just done the, the testing, you're launching in January. So it's a very, very cool um, timing to mm-hmm. talk about what what do you do and who is it for? What's what's the right type of person at what stage in their business they have to be to reach out to you? Yeah. So somebody who, um, so I've decided to, I'm all about niching. I don't think you can be someone to everyone because then Mm. you're, there was a quotation I heard somebody say, like, if you try to be something to everyone, you are nothing to everyone or something along those lines. So, um, I really believe in, in focusing, um, because it makes your product stronger. It makes your messaging better. So it's just simpler all around. And then when you move forward and you've got your first niche, um, you know, down, you can always expand, you can create a second product and and so on. So I decided to focus on what I knew um, and what I was most familiar with. And that was consultants, coaches, trainers. So somebody who's working one-on-one with customers who has a very strong vision of a way that they can help somebody, um, they're very passionate about what they do, but they're not really techie. So any, every every time that they think about websites or automation mm-hmm. or anything in the online space, they get a little bit overwhelmed. They don't even know where to start. And that is really who I want to help because I want to show them that it does not have to be complicated. There are a lot of tricks there, you know, there are processes that you can follow that can kind of get it out of the way so that you can focus on the stuff that actually matters, which is finding prospects, converting them into actual customers, and then actually Mm. helping them. So um, this is not for, so this course is not for like business owners with teams. This is not for people who are selling products. Um, This is not for people who um, kind of have e-commerce things. It's really for those who are selling their time because they are happy working one-to-one with their clients. And it's also for people who maybe aren't total newbies who have maybe started selling a little bit, maybe word of mouth, or maybe they've got a little Facebook page or they're doing some selling in in the DMs, but now they really want to develop their online presence because they want to have more credibility. They want to look more professional in the eyes of prospects and they want to do things right. And they also want to have a nice marketing asset that can help them generate leads, um, a place to put their lead magnets, a place where clients can automatically book meetings with them, things like that. Mm. And I, I like that you touched on, um, and we touched on that earlier as well, on the social media because uh, search engines, obviously you have so many different tools now to um, get your business in front of people, reach people. And you are actually, what you're helping people do is build their own website, which mm-hmm. is, um, I'm, I really want to uh, touch on that because it's very, very relevant, especially in the past couple of years with like there has been previous scandals, there has been algorithm changes that, you know, have literally like wiped businesses. They has There has been uh, different bans and uh, changes where, you know, people have gazillion followers and wait, they wake up and they can't reach them or something changed and they can't reach them in the way they used to. Etc. Etc. Et so I think a lot of people are starting to realize where before it was like, oh, I don't even need a website. I can just, you know, do my business on Instagram or just do my business on whatever. They're starting to realize that actually, no, I do need a website, and it's more than even just to, you know, say hello on a web page. It's mm-hmm. the center of my business where I should be driving 
um, people and building my audience and mail lists are back in the game if they ever were out of the game where mm-hmm. people realize now I, ha- I need to have that direct connection with my customers at all times, not depending on third parties. So I, I feel it's very timely that you are doing what you're doing, making it easy for people to be able to access that. Yeah, absolutely. You, you need a website. You cannot not have one. It's you, you have to have a core in your business. Obviously, there are other tactics that you can employ. Um, you could, you know, do guest blogging. You could be guests on podcasts. You can, um, you know, develop social media. You can knock door to door. There are tons of um, tactics mm. that you can employ to get in front of your audience, but you need to have a core. You need to have a base. And after eight years of being in business with LV Linguistics, our website has been up for eight years. So the domain, even though the, the style of the website might have changed over the years, the domain is still there. So we've got, um, you know, we've got a certain ranking with Google um, and mm. we are now still getting customers from doing nothing nothing because we put in the seeds, we planted Mm. the roots. And um, now when people type, you know, language courses, Belgium, we come up and this is, this is, I don't know. I, I, I'm so grateful for this because I literally feel like we're doing nothing because even though, you know, we go, I go through periods where we do, um, we do ad campaigns. I believe in, in ads, um, even though the social media thing is really popular and I'm, I'm doing that as well, but fundamentally what grew my business was ads and SEO simple as that. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I believe that anybody who's starting a business, you start there, you start as soon as possible because SEO gets stronger over time. And I assume for people that don't know what SEO is, it's basically when somebody types in a key phrase like, um, you know, plumbing, USA, your website Mm. comes up. That's basically SEO, search engine optimization. So I believe that start as soon as possible, get something up there, even if it's not beautiful, even if it's, you know, not the website of your dreams, at least get your Mm. domain up there so that Google understands, okay, you know, you're there. Um, Because in a few years, all of that is just going to pay off. And then in the meantime, of course, try different tactics. Try building on Instagram if you believe that that's where your target audience is and that could actually contribute to your business. Try TikTok, try YouTube videos, whatever it may be, but you need to have a core. And you also need some place to send these people. Um, You also Mm. need a place to retarget them, right? So even if you can send a lead magnet technically through a message in Instagram, can you imagine if all of the people that visit your website, you could run an ad to them. You cannot run ads to people that just message you or that send you an email or that you meet on the street. But there's so much technology that you can take advantage of with your website that it's just a shame to to not pay attention to it. It can give you a lot of mm. really great results. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I find it crazy. And I have to say, I see it less and less, but there used to be a moment where like, people would advertise their social media instead of their own website. And I'm like, why? Why are you sending people there? What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can send them if you're going to, especially like like you said, if you are on Instagram because you follow your audience, you know, they're there, you're there, they can discover you there, et cetera, et cetera. But you drive them to your website. Why yeah. would you, you know, pay an advert outside somewhere, you know, physical ad, uh, printed 
stuck somewhere to send people to Instagram is just like beyond me. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, I see it less and less. I see, I see at least in France uh, and when we're traveling around Europe, I see more and more businesses, even smaller businesses, like literally advertising their, their websites, getting people on their website, uh, getting their emails. It, it, it's getting a lot more uh, established, which is a great thing to see. Yeah, definitely. I I like that that message is showing up. It's, you know, own your list, own your contacts, own your prospects. Mm. Um, You know, it's ultimately the whole point of the website is getting people on your mailing list. Simple. And then I see that transitioning Mm. into SMS as well, because we, you know, in terms of email open rates and even just develop deliverability, (laughs) even just in terms of deliverability, um, there are issues with that as well. So, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's how can I be as close to the prospect as possible without having Mm. to jump through hoops to get there? And, you know, you saw that. I remember when we had Facebook groups a few years back um, or Facebook pages uh, a few years back and everybody was posting on the Facebook pages. And Mm. then from one day to the next, Facebook decided, nope, we want to monetize this. And so I think they reduced, um, you know, how much of your audience actually sees your post to like 1%. Mm -hmm. I think it was really low. And then it's like, well, you can pay for it. And it's like, my gosh, I spent so much time developing Mm -hmm. this community um, of, you know, followers on my page only to have to pay for people to see my posts. And and then you realize that, okay, no, this doesn't work. And that's why I am a fan of ads because it's straightforward. I don't have to spend time, you know, creating a community, making posts because maybe people will see it. I'll just pay for people to see it straight from the get-go. It's very, very transparent. Um, But you know, there's also something very alluring about the idea of posting something and getting kind of free traffic from it. So I think we all kind of still try to Mm. do it. Um, But yeah, the only, I think, realistically, the only real chance free traffic that you have is like SEO. That for me is, I I think a lot of people will will disagree. Um, But in eight years, I don't think I can even count the number of clients I've had Uh, You know, I can't even count on my fingers the number of clients I got from uh, social media. Mm. Yeah. Again, a lot of people will say that that's the only way that they get clients. So I think it depends on the business. It depends on um, depends on also your personality. It depends Mm. on a lot of different factors. Uh, But for me, what worked was um, ads. And SEO. And even mm. now for online business in a day, I ran ads, I grew my email list. I do mm. have a social media presence. We're active. Um, I've decided to outsource that. But um, I really do think that the only way that this business is going to grow fundamentally is via those two channels. Mm. And also something that um, I touched recently with um, a guest was regarding the website it was because he was he specializing in seo and we were talking about how once you're in business regardless of whether you know you build your website and you put your story there and you showcase uh, you know you put your case studies etc etc people are going to be talking about you there's going to be mm-hmm. content about your company online search engines are going to pick that up that's going to show up when people google you and so if you don't have your website where you're managing that correctly, you're not owning your story. There is going to be a story about you on the internet, but it's not going to be yours. Absolutely. Yeah, totally agree with that. Cool. Um, right. So I think last thing, what, I mean, you, you're launching um, online businesses in the day officially in the coming 
year. So uh, mm-hmm. my question was going to be what's new and exciting that I guess that's going to be it. <laughs> that's going to be my big, uh, exciting. I'm already excited for it. Um, so I'm going to be launching a webinar. Obviously everybody is, is invited. That's going to be uh, end of January, how to build a beautiful website in just a few hours. I'm going to be offering a lot of tips, um, a lot of my secrets, the tools that I'm using to get there and, um, just, go to onlinebusinessinaday.com and uh, all the info is going to be there. And that is literally going to be 80% of my focus for 2023. <laughs> so, um, you know, when you start a business, um, you have to focus and you cannot do a million things at one time. And uh, I've got two. I've got two. And um, this is already actually I would say almost too much, but that was a choice that I made. I'm lucky that the first business is kind of operational on its own. Um, so that is allowing me to take the time out. But mm. yeah, it's like 20% alveolinguistics, 80% online business in a day. So for those of you who are, you know, kind of jumping from one project to another, focus. If you can focus on one, if you really have to, you could do two. Like if you have a full-time job and you're kind of starting your business mm-hmm. as a side hustle, that's okay. But then just cap it at that. Um, so yeah, that's that's my 100% focus for 2023 wonderful yeah i think that's a good tip especially um we're coming up to the end of the year and i, I think we've all been at some point or other in our life guilty of that. i'm going to do this and this you know those lists uh, to do that you're building yeah. up and and then it's like i'm so productive i'm doing so much and then you turn around it's like oops haven't, yeah. haven't actually done anything well impossible it's it's important to be realistic um e- even with my day-to-day to-do lists i never finish more than two tasks per day and i don't try to finish more sometimes it's one one to two um obviously sometimes you'll get a phone call i'll get an email from a team member and they'll ask me to do something or they'll ask for some info okay you can kind of add stack things on through mm. the day but um when i have kind of big items I'll put one, maybe two per day. And that's the thing with with projects. You cannot and steady investing and build this business and do mm. this and do like it's it's impossible. One, maybe two if you really have to. So and and mm. yeah, you gotta you gotta be able to prioritize and and say this realistically, I'm not gonna be able to do and it's okay. And also be compassionate with yourself about that. And like not have to finish absolutely everything and and get all your business ideas out of the door um, because you're going to increase your chances of succeeding when you just focus. Wonderful. Well, that's a great ending. Be compassionate about yourself. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, yeah. That's been a pleasure, Victoria. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you and uh, happy holidays. Thank you. You too. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Smart Branding Podcast. Feel free to visit smartbranding.com for more information and reach out if you have any suggestions, questions, ideas, or just want to learn more about how a good domain name strategy can help you build a strong and successful brand. See you next time.